Hey everyone, how's it going? My name is Tanache Chaponda. I am the co-host of the, the Done Deal Show and also the CEO and founder of Sasani Studios, which we are an influencer marketing agency. Hi everyone, welcome to the Done Deal Podcast Show. I'm Tanji Bakang, co-host of the show, but also the CEO of OnScale. OnScale is the CRM and collaboration tool for talent managers and will help you pitch brands, manage your roster, and just make more money. And today we're so excited because we have a guest of honor and Tinashe, please introduce our guest. Oh yeah, uh, this one we've been really excited to have you on the show, Travis. Yeah, especially because we've known each other now for, I think a year's coming up here in the next couple of months here. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. So uh, Travis, I'd like for you to give yourself, you know, an introduction of yourself and everything. So I'm, I'm doing the kind of dual founder thing. So my name is Travis Montague, co-founder and CEO of Group Black. Group Black is the largest collective of Black-owned media and an investment group focused on the advancement of Black-owned media. And I'm also the founder and CEO of Crater, which is a network for creators that ultimately helps creators build their business, earn, and grow their network. So really excited to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. And uh, hopefully I could say something, a thing or two that is useful. Of course. For sure. So like my background is tech and in the previous life i created afrostream it was the netflix of black content i raised capital from silicon valley from some like hollywood studios but when i look at what you've been able to accomplish you know like convince like mega brands global brands to trust you with their budget and the people you've been able to bring together within your company tell me how you've been able to you know, like launch like such a huge product, such a huge company when a lot of people like fail to accomplish something similar. So I'll start, I start with group black and then I'll, I'll get to creator. I think one of the things like, and this goes with any company that I start, I ask myself the question, why does this business need to exist? Right. And when you ask yourself that question, it starts to guide the actions that you and the company take and the way it's positioned. And so when I started group black, it was very simple. It was based off the insight that 0.5% of Black-owned media dollars from an advertising perspective was going, black to, 0.5% of advertising dollars were going to Black-owned media companies. That's zero, right? And so how that cannot be the case when the, the Black-owned media companies impact culture in the way that it does. And so we needed to find, build a vehicle that changed and in our first year, because of that positioning, because we wanted to change investment in media, that enabled us to close half a billion dollars in deals with great agencies and brands to invest in, in, in this community. And so that was Group Black's reason to exist. We've done a lot in the space to help Black-owned media companies drive revenue, build awareness, show the power of culture uh, and the power of the community to drive business performance and growth. And the, for those reasons, that's why we continue to be able to have the type of credibility with brands, have the type of relationships with broader in, constituents in the ecosystem to drive the overall objective and mission. And so that's kind of been the core, the core story at Group Black. And every single time we have shown up anywhere, it's really about making sure that the world understands our role in the conversation around how we are ensuring that more dollars are moving in the pocket of the community. So that's the first and foremost thing. On the crater side, it's that we identified some of the same issues that impact Black-owned media companies that impact creators. 
creators have in many different areas been exploited by whether it's brands or different types of ways, and they have not been able to receive appropriate value for the level of value that they bring, right? And so for us, it's been, how do we, again, given what we've done before, how do we create a business, a platform, a network, a community, albeit with a different strategy to to right-size the value exchange for this community as well? And so I think you know, it, it goes back to building a business that its core has a very specific purpose. It needs to exist for a group of individuals. And that's just what we do. And and we're seeing the same the same progress that we've seen at Group Black with respect to our impact. We're fast seeing that same type of progress with creators. And I'm excited to continue to do more. It's really interesting because uh, with Creator, uh, you mentioned the fact that Black influencers, black creators were not like paid what we should be paid, right? And it's really similar to mm-hmm. what happened with black owned media, because ultimately a black influencer he's his own media. And and yeah. and so that's why you have the same behaviors when it comes to the people who should invest in black media or, or pay creators rights, what we should be paid. One thing I'm I'm interested in is on the creator network, how do we ensure that a creator would be able to negotiate or, or learn how to value itself? Because we work with talent managers and usually it's a role of a talent manager or an agent to rep the creator, to show to the brand the, the value and make sure they pay. Can you tell us more how it works with a creator? So a couple of things. So you're absolutely right. Black creators make less than their counterparts. 35% is that on average is the, is the number, which is insane. And the reason why that's insane is because we just completed a study with Nielsen to understand what is the impact that black creators have compared to their counterparts, right? With respect to driving business performance. And in some cases, the average impact was 10.5 times more impact. Oh, wow. And this is an independent study that we commissioned with Nielsen. And so what does that say to you? A a cohort of creators that have 35% are being paid 35% less are, have been proven to deliver 10.5 times the value, right? We need to talk about that. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is at Creator, we often see that the posture, and it's interesting, Black-owned media companies had the same issue, right? Which is massively underpaid for the value of their inventory. And you're seeing that in in the creator space as well. And so one of the things that we seek to do is when when we're negotiating and then bringing brand opportunities to creators at Creator, we make sure that we are explaining to brands that we understand, we know what the appropriate compensation level is and we actually advocate on behalf of creators. We have our core tagline at Creator is Creator Creator puts creators first, mm. right? And so when there's a dispute between price, we don't, our, our first object, we don't go to the creator and say, we need you to lower your price first. Our first posture is to go to the brand and say, this is why this creator needs to be a cope appropriately paid. And as we think about how we scale our impact at Creator, one of the things that we think that one of our ambitions from our platform is to be able to provide more pay transparency across the board and so that talent managers have the ability to understand the dynamic of the, the 
the kind of economic circumstances that are being felt by other types of creators. Therefore, they have better, uh, a stronger ability to negotiate with that knowledge. I think the biggest problem today in this kind of talent manager creator space right now is there's not a lot of transparency. And so it's really hard to understand, like if you're, a, if you're asking for the appropriate amount of compensation for the work that you're doing, and that this is one of the ways that we help, we, one of the things that we want to do is change that. But transparency is affected here. And I'm interested too, because, you know, you talk about impact and something we notice a lot with talent managers is especially the ones with this diverse roster trying to showcase, you know, like, for example, you take like the Nene twins, right, from all the way back then, all these different creators that are creating these cultural trends, is what Black creators having that 10x impact break down what is, what other things they should be understanding on a brand side that they want to hear, right? So let's define what are those impacts that talent managers need to be able to break down for brands to understand the value of them. There's a lot of the kind of core things that brands are looking for. So they're, 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 they're looking for, from a just pure based management perspective, they're looking for things like reach and frequency is kind of like a big brand thing, right? And so you need to understand, like, did we deliver the impressions, right? That's a, you know, did we deliver the impressions of whatever we're saying and well, how efficient was it to do it? So if you are a creator that when you post it, that's a lot of reach and engagement and you don't have to amplify with paid media a lot, then the effective CPM is, this is just pure looking at this from a media perspective. And I start there because like, you know, that's the first thing when you're doing the contract that everybody has, right? I mean, impressions, I mean, right? So there's the first, the, there's that reach and frequency issue that you have to do and like the, the effect that the efficiency of the CPM. So they're saying, did I get the impressions that I wanted at a reasonable rate? That's the first thing. Then I have to measure. So is there a recall? Is there a lift? Is there some of those kind of more higher level brand awareness kind of measures that they, you're, you're used to seeing in kind of more traditional media models? And by the way, if we expect brands to scale investment, we have to answer those questions, right? Because at the end of the day, I need to know how much toilet paper moved off the shelf. Right. Or like, yeah. did somebody remember, remember me more? You, you need also the, like this information from the brand, you need the brand to be transparent enough to, after the campaign, tell you what impact you had. Otherwise you will never know how many papers uh, were bought. There is measurement. So, you know, for example, one of the things that we built at Group Black is all of the measurement kind of sweet to make sure that we are able to un help brands understand what did their investment into Black-owned media or with our diverse creators do? And so we formed relationships with all the biggest kind of measurement companies out there to be able to help brands understand that so that we have repeat buys from them. And so we, like, I, I have a measurement team that just does measurement. And so like when, like when a creator is executing an initiative with Creator, we bring in our measurement teams that group Black that also measured the initiatives and therefore we could put the creator in the best position to be able to win more business again. So these are all of the types of things that is important to understand what the brand is looking for. The other thing that we push for is, I think creators and talent managers need to be more cons consultative to brands. The other way around as well. What do I mean by that? Tell the brand what doesn't work. I right? like, just like, just tell them what it just like, you just gotta let them know, right? Because then you get a brief, you're like, you know what, we're gonna do it. 
even though we know that it's going to be awkward or not not right for for this the creator you're managing or that creator the creator for their audience and then when it doesn't perform the way that everybody wants it to it's a, it doesn't it just everybody hates it the audience hates it the creator hates it the brand hates it so like there's an important aspect of making sure that you're very transparent in the beginning and that's what makes you a trusted partner overall i think i think travis it's there's that but for black tenant managers and black creators it's also their inability to say no you need to have a lot of confidence to say no to a brand, to say no to a paid opportunity. And so what happened often is like the camera say yes, because they're happy to have the opportunity. And while executing the brand deal, then they realize that uh, they're in trouble. And ultimately, the result is not um, paying off neither for the brand, the creator, or the talent manager. So I think some people are confident enough but I almost feel like maybe like group black or creator should host like workshops, you know, like and training lesson to help people because like we, we can we can look at all the solutions and all the like the, the, the checklist that people what we should do, but then they have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're in the context of negotiating a deal and you don't have self-confidence, it's hard to deliver. You know, it's interesting. I, so I love that you said that because it's one of the things that we've been thinking about, like what is creator's role, right? So one thing we're doing is we're getting brand deals, right? But like another thing that we think it's important for us is that creator is helping give the tools and the community and the, like, we want to create an ecosystem for creators and talent managers to be able to execute, you know, because we don't, there's only so much of us that create <laughs> and so, you know, like giving the tools to be able to like scale up the efforts on that, that each individual talent manager or creator is doing and build a strong business. And like, what you're saying is that the ability for black creators, black talent managers to say no, um, is, is a real one. Right. So I remember when I, I'll give you a story. When I first started group black i went out and i said there's not enough dollars being invested in black owned media you create you committed 30 billion or some large number like that there's only there's less than two billion dollars that exist we built a community that we're going to move these dollars into and they the first i said they said yes we love it we'll give you two million dollars it's like what just said i was like i was like i'm sorry (laughs) wait a minute wait 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 wait. right i'm sorry yeah i was like well we talked about how are we ever i was like it's gonna be a long journey if we're getting there at two million dollars at a time i said a hundred million they're like you crazy like five million i said a hundred million he said 10 million i said a hundred million they said 25 million i said a hundred million they said 75 million i said okay Right. And that is just an example. And the important lesson there is it's not that companies don't have the wherewithal. They're testing yours. Right. And so you have to be able to understand deeply what is the the size of the pot. Right. What are we going after and where we are today? We only are going to be able to hit that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. 
right? If we're asking for asking for things that make sense in line with the real actual size of the opportunity. Mm. And so the more that we could educate the community around, uh, like, like specifically Black entrepreneurs, Black creators, Black talent, everybody on what is actually out there and what the size of the pie is, then I think it'll get everyone more tools to be able to advance the ball and, that, and ask for the right things. But that is a big part of it. It's, a, it's very important. Yeah, and I'll definitely say, Travis, so it's like Sasani, right? We started, like, we're also a COVID agency. So, you know, COVID happens, everything shuts don't down. Don't say that. Don't say COVID. I mean, it's true. A lot, a lot flourished, you know? A lot flourished. Like, that was a COVID business. You know what I'm Right? You know, you know. I'll take that back. You know, I'll just take it back. I'll take it back. But you see how, like, I think it's interesting because I've been having a lot of conversation with these other influencer agencies and CEOs where I think, like, the great thing about these short form and TikTok and all these platforms, you know, kind of swaying and advancing creator, the creator economy, created more opportunities. But it also, I think, brought people that never had the opportunity the first time in this not not necessarily realistic environment, right? Where everyone was spending a lot, like like during that time. So you saw in the TikTok area where we were just getting like the deals were insane, right? The prices, and then you see like year two brands get smarter. They're starting to realize, okay, where's the value? Where is it not? You know, platforms like TikTok having to readjust and build more trust. It's interesting because you see like year three, a lot of conversation is, you know, how are you pivoting what you are maybe offering, you know, two, three years ago to what people need now? So it's interesting you bring that up because I think that is also the conversation of like not necessarily comparing year to year, but more like what you're saying is why do we still belong? Not why, you know, did we start, but kind of like where the future is going to. So when you look at that aspect of the future, what are those key things that you're noticing are helping the future successful creators in terms of components of because we see you hang out have a lot of conversation you're at different conferences with a lot of different creators so what are the components you're noticing like these creators are the good ones that have a stronger future than let's say back in the vine era or the first initial instagram era i'll talk about like black creators and i'll talk about creators at large so like one of the things i always say is you can't just be black you have to be better and so if you want to have sustainable investment for the long term, you got to have a, I'm here to win and here to grow and here, like attitude, right? Like that, that's the first thing. But what I think I see here is what's really exciting to me actually is I, I, I'm seeing creators step out of being just like thinking of themselves as just a person that is posting a video that's a couple seconds or whatever, right? But really understanding that the role that they have with their audiences, the influence that they have, and thinking about themselves as a business and a media company writ large. And what I mean by that is they start to present opportunities that are bigger and more creative and more lucrative, quite candidly, for themselves that is exactly what the brand wants, right? Like brands actually don't want to just say, I want you to post my soda can. That's not really what they actually want. They're looking, they're trying to figure out how to be relevant to a large body of people. And you figured that out. So you help me figure out how do I integrate seamlessly into your community, right? Like that, 
what they're really trying to achieve and what sometimes it's just awkward to be again like when so they just, they're, buy, they're buying creative and media so so like an influencer is providing two services not exactly. one two exactly and in, in many cases like that usually you have the media distribution platform and then there's content creators right but like this is you're, you're kind of like you're kind of like having to drive both now i just believe Like what I'm banking on personally is that the creators are going to be the most significant media, like media companies, the drivers of the future. And so when I think about how we build infrastructure around them, it's like, what do, if, if, if creator A was a media company, what do the media companies need? They need distribution capabilities. They need business capabilities. They need networks. They need capital. They need all these things, right? And so how do we make sure that we're positioning ourselves to be able to provide the things that the media companies of the future are going to need? If you look at 13 to 17-year-olds, 59% of all the content that they consume on average is produced by creators, right? That number is 36 yep. for the generation up. So the direction is clear, right? Like where content consumption is going and the folks... The creators who realize that are the ones who are treating, not just like, you know, creating for clout, but creating because it's a, a, a real enterprise. Those are the, the kind of changes in behaviors that I'm seeing that are really interesting to me. Yeah, I like wish I totally share your vision because at OnScale, we decided to build infrastructure around talent managers because if you have more and more creators, you know, like making like huge income and like, creating products, you need like a business person, you know, that, that help like smooth things around. But I realized when it comes to talent managers that providing the platform was not enough. You had to build a community. So at OnScale, we host community events in LA, New York. Last week I was in London. In two weeks I've been in Cannes. And during those events, first the participants share insights. But we also provide education. And I think the reason why I didn't build on scale for creators right away is I realized that some of them don't have the education, the knowledge to become great entrepreneurs. Not yet. At least I didn't feel like it was my role to provide this knowledge to them. Can you talk about what you envision when it comes to education for creators? One of the first things you know, we had is So we've been in our lab developing tech products that are like, we're designing to try to solve different things here. So, so one of the things that we had as a kind of thought around this was not all creators want to be business people, right? Just, that's just like, I mean, just, you know, just, just like louder, louder. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's just no, right? Like, that's not, you know, like, it's just not, I mean, I, like I have a, an animation studio, right? And, you know, these are animators and creatives and stuff like that. And I see, like, the way their gla eyes glaze over, like, when I'm trying to talk to them about, like, but we need to kind of make money here. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, no, but, like, look how much, you know what I'm saying? It's just, they're, they're more concerned about, like, the, the engagement of the audience and the creative and all that. And, you know, I'm like, but well, we got to make money here. Yeah. So, but, like, not all creators want to be, business people or have that knowledge and that's okay. And not all of them are good at it either, right? Like some of them are really good and some of them it's just not, you know, just like I can't draw to save my life, like, you know, <laughs> right? That's fine. 
But for the creators that do have an interest in becoming business people or having more business acumen, you know, we're thinking like there's a, there's a combination of digital kind of education, like masterclass type of things. But I do think because this is such a new area and things are so unique, we're, we're envisioning what a peer-to-peer education system looks like, right? So there's so many, so there's so much nuance based off of the type of creator you are, based off of the, right? Because not all creators are going to make money from big brands. Like so many different types of ways you could earn. You might want to sell products. You might want to do so many different things, right? I think that there is a power in a crowdsource methodology around the business of being a creator, just like there is in engineering. Like well, how like engineers leverage crowdsourcing to be able to advance a very complex job. And so I think there's an interesting model like that. I, you know, we haven't cracked the code on that yet, but the, these are kind of some of the models. I mean, yes, we could put webinars on, but like, is that the real way you want to do it? Or yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it really about like, you know, thinking about when you see stuff, like when you're on LinkedIn or on social media and you get a quick, it's like constant quick snippets of information that is interesting that like, you're just kind of constantly exposed to it where then you just ultimately raise your education base by just the virtue of. So there's different ways of thinking about it. Haven't have an like haven't landed on the right answer when I figure one it thing out. I, like I'll tell one you. Thing. <laughs> one one thing I, I I would love to submit to you and your team as an idea or something like I witness is being a creator is a lonely journey. It's lonely. And so when you think about education or community building, I think it's really important to have those creators in the same room because they can actually bond. And when I think about the best thing that happened to me in my life when it comes to opportunities, investments, it always came because I knew someone like I, I, it was from a friend or like someone from, from college. And it's just like this community building that is so important. So if you guys think about education, like please incorporate some in-person, you know, like elements in it, because I think that it's yeah, super I guess, important, I mean, I will especially say, for black uh, creators. Uh, Tonja, I know you've been in Paris over there, but they, they've had quite a few events here in the U.S. that I've personally got to. Uh, okay, actually, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, I think it was New, well, I guess I know you were in New York. Like... <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. So I, was, I know you did some, like, so I personally went to the Vegas, South by Southwest, and some stuff you did, I think, in New York, me personally. But yep. I think that is uh, interesting, I would say, those opportunities that you do build, from at least my experience, because um, the type of people you bring in the room, it was very interesting, because I think something that you... Uh, said that was interesting was there's a lot of stigma against black media only attracting black people, but the diversity that actually black media drives, which is very interesting. And like seeing that, so I'm kind of curious of where you have these talent managers, right? And all of them, uh, you have some of them that have, you know, diverse rosters where they can, you know, literally we've been those experiences, right? Where we've had to one, have our diverse roster seeing ones getting higher prices than others and everything like that. And, what are those things you think from your perspective of the education? Because I think you, that was awesome when you talked about it's more than just attracting black, but how can they properly pitch that in terms of diversity? Because I feel like sometimes yeah. when it gets to that conversation of black, first, it starts to become more emotional than pe- some people might feel. Uncomfortable. Yeah. So how, like, what are ways of doing it where it's more 
come and learn where it's, it's because there's is so much frustration you know i, I don't want to get too much in the history but you know how do you do that in a, a setting yeah. while also pitching that yeah so a couple things um i'll do the community piece in that and then the latter piece but like on the community side one of the things if you so you've been to our events Nache, like they're very colorful very, people from everywhere and like it and it's a great networking and the reason why we focus on, you know, we have businesses that help drive equity for the black community, but like from a creator perspective, it's for all creators, right? But we have to put special work on diverse creators because we need to help them get to, to level playing field, right? So it's not that we're putting, we're not being exclusive, we're trying to just be inclusive, right? And, and, and get folks to the, to, to the right, right place. So that's the first thing. And the second thing that that does is it creates an environment where if you have black creators solely learning from black creators or talent, then you're not able to understand what everybody else is experiencing. Right. And so it limits the learning ability there. Right. So if you understand what all the other groups are making, then that, or like all how they're handling business, it's just a good learning opportunity and it's a good network as well. So you get access to different opportunities. So there's that. And like, we've done, Things like, you know, CES South by Southwest, we had the Crater Brunch at the Grammys, which was like a blowout event with tons of creators. Like it, we, we constantly show up in all those different places for that purpose. Uh, uh, this question, uh, Travis, I have this, these thoughts and I meet with a lot of talent managers and those talent managers are business oriented, right? They want to help creators. Yes, they want to make money and help their creators make money. Mm -hmm. And because they observe the industry, they came to the same conclusion than you and your team. Like, there's not enough money going to black creators. They're not paid the right. So ultimately, what happened? Their roster, lack of black creators. Just because it's simple math. We were like, there's no money there, so we're not going, right? So now that you, you know, the group black and, and, and creator are here, just changing this paradigm, what can you say to non-Black talent managers who are not used to work with Black creators because they came up to the same conclusion than you? And what can you tell them about the new opportunity? So some of these key stats, these are not, this is not sub subjective. This is not supposition. This is objective kind of empirical data. There is, we found that there are, that Black creators, diverse creators have an outsized impact on culture. And impact on culture is what your clients are paying for. It's pure math, right? And so when you think about growth, you should be really focused on diverse creators. That's the first thing. The second thing is beyond impact, major brands, and I spend a lot of time with most of the largest CMOs that are out there often to understand what is in their mind? Like, where is Johnson & Johnson thinking about growth? And where is Coca-Cola thinking about growth? Because historically, brands have saturated their marketing to white audiences versus diverse audiences. And this is not just Black audiences, this is multicultural. They've reached kind of like a limit with respect to how much growth they could find in traditional, uh, like in tr when I say traditional, like, like their version of general market, which is usually viewed as predominantly white. If you look at where they're looking at growth, it's from multicultural. So 
a lot of their dollars are going into investing in strategies, whether it's with diverse old media companies or diverse creators, because those companies and creators, while they might not have as much scale as like an NBC Universal or something else, they have an incredible amount of resonance with that community. And therefore, they could influence like buying behaviors and things like that at an outsized pace than counterparts. And so brands are viewing this as a very significant growth area for which diverse, oh, diverse minority groups have an outsized impact. And if you are a, just from a pure business perspective, you should, if you're a talent manager, you need to be following the growth and that is where the growth is. Very clear. So that's my point too. No, no, very clear. Like, man, man, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like okay. I'm like, I'm like, and it's what, what I love is like, what you describe is that today is the future. And as a talent manager, you're like, okay, maybe the money is kind of dry now, but like, look at, look at the trajectory and you better like look for amazing black talent of diverse talent now uh, before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll even say, like, uh, for those listening, I think especially when you look at talent managers, right, they get talent managers are the CEOs and the COOs. Right. So sometimes they do get stuck in that day to day constant, you know, communication with the talent. But if you're listening to this right now, take the time, pause and actually look at the strategy on the long term perspective of things. Cool. I think I think I think we. we yeah, that was we, great. The way you uh, ended that. I mean, that was. Yeah, I think. My 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 drop. Uh, we're almost done, but I have like uh, another question. So, how can people, especially talent managers, can even brands, because we have some brands who are like uh, listening to this podcast. How can they engage with uh, either Group Black, uh, a creator, or, or with yourself? Yeah. So um, we're super accessible. Um, if you go, if you're a creator go to Crater and there's a way to reach out to us. And we are, we have a team that will get back. Like if you have a, or if you're a talent manager as well, like we love to work with, we have tons of opportunities from brands constantly that come with Crater that we try to bring to creators to not just, you know, and you know, on the group black side, if you're a media company, if you're a black owned media company, just hit us up there. Right. And, uh, and, and, it, and it's, and it's the same. And when it comes to technology partners, because you, you mentioned that uh, creator is um, a tech company and you work with different like partners you build, you have your own lab, you build technology. Um, do you partnerships with other tech platforms? Like how does this work? So I would say more of the partnerships on uh, like with tech or measurement or media, comp other media companies that are non-black owned, like all of those agencies, all those would probably be on the group black side. Do that. Creator is really just for a place for creators and, 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 mm -hmm. and talent managers. And so like everything related to kind of the work that I personally do as an entrepreneur related to creators and talent and that side is on the creator side. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Man, it was amazing. Uh, I think talent managers will email you guys, uh, try to get to one of your amazing events in the U.S. By the way, if you listen to this, uh, Travis will be uh, in Cannes at Cannes Lions. Um, he's invited at many conferences and be at many keynotes. So it, it makes sense for you guys to travel to France. Uh, Tinashe, can you like uh, conclude this episode? Of course, of course. And then the last thing we like to do, uh, Travis, I guess, is 
if there's one person you'd say, man, this person needs to come on as a guest, who would you uh, uh, recommend that you think would be a really good fit for talent managers and creators to hear from? If there was one person, oh man, you guys. Put I know, you know, you know a lot of people. <laughs> I know. And then I was like, they, they, they're like who big is like, well, why are you saying me? So, <laughs> so, so um, if there's a person that I think is really awesome, goodness, I like one person. You can you can you can do three if you want. Yeah. To. <laughs> well, I think you know I think people who I, like just I guess generally in the industry that I respect a lot. I think Caroline Wonga, the CEO of Essence, is amazing. Um, mm. She understands culture really well. Powerful speaker, and she's in the culture for the culture, mother of the culture, and she just gets it. And so, I would I would certainly recommend her as a person who would just be, who've been in, who's, you know, running a, a really significant media company who would be awesome to talk to. Oh, perfect. Perfect. We'll definitely reach out to her uh, and using, leveraging your line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Well, anyway, for everyone who's listening, um, that's how you have it. Uh, thanks again for listening here on the Done Deal Show. And Travis, it was great to have you. Super excited to be releasing this episode. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye, guys. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.